possess your inheritance. I just can't get away from this song. This keeps going through my head. Entangled with heavy chains of captivity. Yeah.
God's given us a promise. He's given us a word. Amen. We don't have to be bound by the chains of saying God's already set us free. He's already loosed us. Amen. We just got a few prayer requests just to continue remembering our sister Violet's grandson. He's still in the hospital and has gone through a lot of tests. So we just remember him in prayer. Also want to remember the Titus family. Um, their brother uh, Titus's father passed away. So we just want to remember them and comfort. Uh, Brother Luis Sr., could I have you open up the service in a word of prayer? If you have any needs, unspoken prayer requests, let's lift it before the Lord. He, he see and answer your prayers tonight. Amen. Let's pray together. Precious Heavenly Father, we love you with all our hearts. Thank you for giving us another opportunity to be here tonight together with you, Lord, with our brothers and sisters. Lord, there's many needs. We just heard about the Titus family, Lord. We just pray that you will be with the family and comfort them, Lord. And we know, Father, what is beyond the curtain of time, Lord. And also, Father, we pray for Sister Violet's uh, Grandson, Lord, that you continue doing the work. We want to give you the honor, Lord. We want to give you all the glory to you, Lord, because only you can touch lives, can touch hearts, can touch spirits. And Father, we trust in you, Lord. As also we trust in tonight, Lord, that you will speak to us through Brother Murphy's lips, Lord. Thank you for the man of God, Lord. We appreciate the gift, and we are ready to receive whatever you have for us, Lord. Speak to us clearly, Lord, and we want to receive, and we want to believe, Lord, and apply to our lives to please you with our lives, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this day. Forgive us, Lord, for any anything wrong, Lord, that we might did or thought or spoke. Forgive us, Lord. Just prepare our hearts to receive your word. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. I'm just going to turn the service to our brother Murphy. Can we just sing as he comes? Um, Holy, holy revelation song. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, holy, holy is He. Oh, sing a new song to Him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. See 
for our Lord. He's worthy for all our praise. 
Let's sing that together. Come Holy Spirit, let your fire fall. Come Holy Spirit, let your fire fall as we worship Him. Oh yes, Lord. your Holy Spirit to fall like a fire, Lord, to burn out every draws, Lord, to burn out every temptation, to burn out every doubt, to burn out every unbelief. Lord, we're coming to worship you. We're coming to believe your word is said it to be the truth. Lord, there is a many need amongst your body. But Lord, we know that one word from you, you will meet at every need. We know when you speak, Lord, Lord, that the sickness will be driving the way. When you speak, Lord, the little baby Ezekiel can be healed. Lord, when you speak, our brother Ebi's eyes can come and open. Lord, when you speak, our brother Milko can walk out, walk out of that bed of the sickness, can give it a praise to you. Lord, when you speak, Lord, your children can cry in and out. Lord, you set the captive free. Oh, Lord, we're not coming here to looking forward for men to speak. We're coming here to looking forward for you to speak. Lord, you have spoken many times, service after service, from a Wednesday to Sunday, to Wednesday to it again, to Sunday to it again. Lord, each time when you come, Lord, our heart was satisfied. Lord, we pray that tonight you come to meet the need of your children. Lord, we have a great appetite. Not appetite for the world, we have appetite for the word of God. So Lord, I pray that you come to fellowship with your children. To speak the word, 
like no man can speak. Lord, because we know your word is not merely just word. Your word is that Logos. The same word that had created heaven and earth. That same word has a hided just in that word in the letter form. Come into the voice of form. But still that same Logos speak to your people. Oh Lord, come to speak to your children's heart. We want to see you manifest. We want to see you hide and lifted it up. Lord, this is not just merely a service. This is a place that we worship. This is a place that we're in business with you. This is a place that you can deliver. You can set the captive free. Lord, there is no doubt in our hearts. This is the right place. If there is any place that is the right place today, we have ever visited. Lord, this is the right place. That we're coming to the right place to do things, to do business with God. Father, we thank you, Lord. Ask you to open up your word. No man can open up your word. Though they can open it the pages. But Lord, it takes you to reveal yourself. Because you hide it yourself in simplicity. Lord, we believe you will reveal yourself in simplicity. With us in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless all of you. So thankful to come to the house of God again. I believe that we're coming here to have an expectation. To expect our God to speak to us. You know, I'm a, I'm a humble, humble vessel. Uh, not to the humble as we can think about to the man's humbleness. This is the, this is the, uh, worst place to standing, uh, before I think Brother John said that. So this is a terrible place. It is a terrible place because we're speaking to the word to the bride of Jesus Christ. Uh, but God can use, uh, whatever vessel if we can yield him, uh, yield ourselves to. If I yield myself to him, if you yield yourself to him, I believe God is going to meet our need. Okay, let's turn to the book of um, Hebrew. Thank you for the musician and Brother Anthony. Thank you so much. We're so thankful God put all this gift that amongst the body, that it can be used by God and be a blessing to us. Let's turn to Hebrew chapter 10. Chapter 10, verse 11. Oh, chapter 10, sorry, verse 19. Did I say 11? I'm sorry. Chapter 10, verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus... By a new and the living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our, our bodies washed with a pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is a faithful that promised. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. You may be seated. You know, in this world, there are many, uh, many churches. And some people, they may be going to the church for a different reason. 
and some going to the church um, to seeking just for some social gathering. Some people are going to the church. They uh, maybe have a certain program. Um, and some people, they're coming to the church with uh, the sincerity in their heart. And they want to uh, meet God. And they want to know God. They want to know Him in the reality. It's not um, uh, just merely some words of, uh, there's some preacher was preaching about. They want to see the, the trueness of a God. They want to see the, the real God. They want to see God that that's um, uh, not just a historical God, but it's just a God today. I believe uh, that's the uh, that's the desire of the bride of Jesus Christ that we want to see. But you see, uh, people they have um, uh, no problem to uh, believe a historical Jesus that died on the cross. And I was thinking that probably a, a greater percentage of the people that are around this world, uh, they all can believe in that. They all can believe that Jesus died on the cross and that uh, buried, uh, you know, and uh, resurrected. Uh, where is he, uh, he now? Uh, people probably don't uh, don't even know. But they said, you know, we believe it. So to believe the historical God uh, is easy. It's not something that is really a, a really a problem. That's why there is a billions and billions of the people on this earth that what they believe is just a historical God, and it is not a problem for the people. And to um, uh, uh, I would say there was not even a greater problem for uh, for many people that to even believe what Jesus Christ is still alive today, uh, but they don't know where is he. And to believe that he may be in the heaven somewhere, and hopefully that we can reach out to him, and he may be, you know, just by a certain preacher or some they call the man of God can speak to certain things, maybe in a dream and maybe in a vision. They can still believe that it is God maybe speaking today. But to believe God that what He has promised in the Word. And now, in this day, has come to pass, and we're living right in it, that is to take a revelation. To believe that in Malachi 4, that is not just a history that are many uh, hundreds of thousands of years ago, but it's a Malachi 4 is a still, uh, is a fulfilled today, in this hour, that take a revelation to do, to do it. And to believe in a God that is a miracle-working God in the history is easy. But to believe a God that is a miracle-working God that is still doing a miracle today, that is hard. And to see that He done, see, uh, see the person who believed uh, that a miracle-working God and see He prove His word, and that is hard. But I find out it's the hardest is to believe that He's doing the work through us. Or if we can just narrow it down through me. Or if it's the narrows it more down through you, Brother Roy. If you believe uh, through you, Sister Linda. To believe that a God that is living in the individual still today. At this moment, in this church, while you are sitting in your pew, Margaret. That has become hard. Because you have to uh, peel back many, many layers. And to in order to see that God that living inside of us. You have to wait, go beyond your failure to see God is still living in me. You have to go peel back the, all your mistakes, your self-inflicted pain to know that God never forgive me. I'm not, God never forsaking me. 
Even though I've done this so many wrong, even though I missed him so many times, I failed him so many times, but he never forsaking me. He never leaving me. To believe that God that is still living today, that is living right in the, uh, in the individual, that take the greater revelation directly from God Himself, so that it make that become a reality to the people. You know, to believe that the prophet, that even to believe that the prophet said that, uh, in the Old Testament, that the years, uh, thousands of years ago, that's easy. And to believe that Jesus, that is the Messiah, is easy. Because it's not, not related to you. And then believe that God sent the prophet, that to this age, to most of the believer, I'll say, uh, that is easy too. But when you believe that a prophet, though he passed away, but the same God that is living in the prophet, now living amongst us, and still speak, and still reveal, and still deliver, and prepare that home individually for each person, for the future home, for the bride of Jesus Christ. I'm a member of it, and one day I'm going to put my step, put my foot on that and go straight. That take revelation. And many times even God revealed to the other person. And but the person still looking left and right, looking at the history and going to the church. While there the revelation was preached to them. And while they revealed to the word, spoken to them. But it still goes over the top of their head. They're still thinking, oh, this is maybe for somebody else. Oh, for going to the heaven, going to the, the, the rapture. Oh yeah, that must be for Brother Ed. That must be for Brother Tom. That must be for the ministers. And that must be for the man of God that has been so faithful. Well, me to go on to the future home. Me to go and put my foot on the golden straight and the pavement is transparent to the gold. Man, that is hard for me. Because thinking about it, all the life that they live, the prophet of the life that he lived, and to the, the way that he handled himself, the, the, the preaching of the word, and uh, the ministry that the Lord had given it to him, and to the, the dedication that he had, that the discernment that he had, that going through the, the, the prayer line one after another, telling what your name is, what your address is, everything. What a great ministry that God gave it to him. And thinking about the, the, the brother Bisco. And the brother Tom and the different one, they went through a hardship in their life. And they preached the word day in and day out, faithfully. And the ministry that the Lord had given to them. What a great man of God that is. And then we started comparing. We're thinking, I didn't do anything. We never preached. You know, we just come to the church. We're just sitting under the pew. And we're hearing the word we maybe enjoy and going home, take our garbage out. And then you have to go to the grocery store to buy in the grocery and have to do this and that. And just, uh, uh, but Curtis has to go to our patients uh, to uh, massage their feet or whatever that you need to do. Do all the physical therapy. And that. He said, what's that to do? What that compare with the prophet? What that compare to the brother Bisco that had given up everything they had and they're coming from all the way from the east and they're coming to this place of the living in the trailer and go to preach to how many, uh, uh, how many time, uh, trips, hundreds of a trip to the overseas. 
slipways and they go on the airplane and without the sleep and they go right down to the place and they have to preach the gospel. We're thinking, how do we compare with them? And how do we compare with those men of God that are down in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, Paul and different things? How do we compare it with them? It becomes hard. When it's to talk about them, talking about the other people, the men of God, we say, that's easy. But when it comes to down to our life, come down to it ourselves, it becomes hard. The other day that I was there, when, uh, in the very deep box place, and we had a fellowship with, uh, with some believer. And, uh, uh, uh one of the sisters asked, uh, uh, the same question. You know, do I have the Holy Spirit? Do I, uh, do I have the, the life of God living in me? You're very quiet. Maybe you have the same question. And then I told the sister, I said, let's do this. If a brother Brandon, have no discernment. If your brother Branham doesn't preach. If your brother Branham doesn't have a, any prayer line. If your brother Branham don't have any vision. If your brother Branham don't have any dream. Have no visitation of the angel. He's sitting where you sit, brother David. He will be just as common as you are. Because what he has is the ministry. It's the office of the prophet. It's the word that he preached. It's the gift that the Lord gave it to him. Make him so stuck in it out. But if without all of that, he's sitting at a word you said, he will be just like you. If a brother had have no ministry. If a brother Ed have no vision that he saw. If a brother Ron Spencer have no vision that he saw. No dream that he dreamed. No preaching of the word. Brother Tom, instead of sitting at the platform, sitting inside, uh, just amongst you, without ministry, without preaching, without all this gift, he will be exactly just like you are. But he'll live the same life like you live. He believed the same word that you believe. The prophet, even own prophet in ministry, he'll be sitting amongst you just exactly like you are. With all those gifts, but he still believed the word. He's still living a life. He has to go back home and go do the grocery, go to take out a garbage can. But the same life that Jesus Christ lived, also living in him. Then also living in him, also living in you. What makes the difference is the ministry making a difference. What makes the difference is the gift to make it a difference. But you take all of that out of the way, he will be just the same as you. But even the same as you, he will, he will put his foot on the gold street just like it we are. And every one of us, when we believe the word, we know word of God to be the truth. We confess the what is the word said to be the truth. We will be sitting, we'll be sitting in the banquet of the Lamb just as anybody else is sitting there. Just like Abraham was sitting there, we were sitting there. Just like Isaac was sitting there, we were sitting there. What makes a difference is the gift. It's the ministry. But they live the same life that you live. They have to go through the same struggle that you go through. 
They have to believe the same word that you have to believe. He has to have the same character that you have. He has to go through to the trial just like you have. But no matter what he goes through, what's it take you to go through that by believing the word, to confess what the word of a God said to be the truth, with mission or without a vision, with dream or without a dream, with audible voice or without audible voice. It takes the same faith to believe the word, just like anybody else is to believe it. What God make him a difference is his gift that is different. What God equipped all of that different for whose sake? For your sake. God gave it in a ministry. It's not for their own sake. It's for your sake. The ministry is to give you to preach the word to you. They lay before the Lord. All of them do. It's for the edifying the body of Jesus Christ. But no matter how weak you're in the body, even you're in the weakest spot, in the lowest spot, like it is, uh, like it, uh, I think the brother Ron or whoever said that even we're the lowest spot, we're the sole of the foot, but we still keep devil under our foot. What does it make us the difference? Is there a gift? Is there a ministry? But without that, everyone have to go through the same thing. Everyone have to believe in the same word, just like anybody else is to believe. And that God only required by believing His word that He will transfer us to that heavenly realm. By believing His word, He prepared the future home for us. By believing His word, He given us the place that we can dwell together with Jesus Christ. It's all by just believing the word. And live the life that a God require you to live. You believe the word. You confess this is the word. Just like anybody else is doing. There's no difference. But Abraham said in Christ. He said we're not using. He said you're not, you're not using your own thoughts. He said you're using his thoughts. Let a mind that that was in Christ be in you. Think his way of thinking. Say what he says. Confession means to say the same thing. Confess is to confess the same thing. Say the same thing. He said, then don't confess your own mental conception. Be born again and confess his word. Confess what he says. That's confession. That's what I said. Everybody would all go through the same process. You have to be born again, just like anybody else need to be born again. When you're born again, then your thoughts is different. Then you have to, then you can confess the right thing. If you haven't been born again, how can you have the mind of a Christ to know what to confess? To know what to believe? That's why the person, they must be born again in order for them to have the mind of a Christ. And when you're born again, there is not some other life living in you, but it's the life of a Christ, life of a God living inside of you. And that life of a God living in you starts to driven you, sort of drive you to do things that normally you wouldn't do. And that life of which you received is a power, is a dynamite 
that was driven you sometime to even let you confess the thing that your mind was totally contrary against what your mind has to think. But if there's a life living in you, and you do the things according to what God revealed that to you to do. Let me just share a little testimony here. And uh, you probably remember the, the brother that I shared it before. And I called him a white jacket brother. And I haven't heard from him for, uh, for a while. I just uh, heard of him recently. And then, then he told, uh, he, he was uh, sharing it with me uh, uh, about the recent experiences that he had. And uh, uh, in the last, uh, during the COVID time, uh, he opened up a little restaurant. Because he tried to feed his family, he cannot go anywhere to um, uh, to minister, to uh, share the gospel with the people. So he opened up a, a little uh, uh, a restaurant that was a very small one. And that in this area, just tried to feed his family, just try to, uh, uh, you know, uh, just help uh, what his family can do. And uh, But in his heart, that he said, and this is not what God called me to do. He said, God called me to share the gospel to the people. But now I'm, uh, you know, captured down here and uh, just try to uh, make it a life, uh, uh, make it a living and do everything. And but in his heart of the heart, that uh, he said, no, no, this is not what I need to. This is not what I, what I want to. And um, then the restaurant started to uh, uh, just uh, grow a little bit. Then it's going really down because during the COVID time, there's just no, no business at all. And then uh, uh, come to the point that he uh, owes a. Uh, uh, quite a bit of debt uh, because of the opening of the restaurant. Then in his heart, he said, Lord, what should I do? You know, he started to pray and she started praying. And then uh, the Lord started to, um, not talking in an audible voice, but just something the Lord put it in his heart. He said, Lord, he said, I don't believe this is the way that you want me to do. Just have a restaurant, just live a life, just going along like this. He said, Lord, I owe uh, quite a lot of debt now. He said, I don't know how I'm going to uh, pay for it. But Lord, no matter what it is, I'm going to go out. He said, I'm going out to, to share the gospel, to go to the mission field, to, to tell the, the people about this message. He said, I don't care what's, what's going on, I'm going, I'm going out. And then when he was uh, prayed, he said, Lord, but Lord, if it's your will, can you help me to pay this debt? But at the same time, no matter what you do, I'm going out. And you know the Lord is a faithful. And when he prayed in it that way, the Lord will come on and say, You know, he has to take that of the person, they in their heart, they know what God called them to do. And then they believe what God called them to do, then they make a step, then God will do the next step. And then just as they started to prepare to go on and out, and then one of his, uh, uh, his wife's uh, uh, sister's uh, brother, I don't know what you call that, maybe brother-in-law or uh, or whatever, uh, his sister's uh, brother, and he got uh, sick. And then uh, the sister's brother called uh, uh, the called uh, his wife and they're uh, coming over and uh, to help him out. And during this time, it just uh, but within uh, about a week or two, then his, his brother passed away. And sometimes we think, man, that's that's just the bad things that happen. But you know, before this, his brother, uh, his wife's brother passed away. He left an inheritance, and then they gave it to uh, uh, his sister. And the one of the sister gave the money back to the brother. That's exactly to the dollar. That's the debt that he owned. And all his debt was to pay it off. 
And then this is a brother right now. He's in the inner Mongolia and trying to preach the gospel and share the word to the people. If the person, the confessing, that means that you must say the same thing. The confession is not only just a word. If it's in your heart, when God has a transfer to your mind, that inside of your heart, you know what God called you to do, and you believe what God's word has said about you to do, then you confess it. Then you say, the Lord, I'm going out. No matter my, what my mind has telling me, no matter what my reasoning tries to telling me, but Lord, I'm confess your word to be the truth. Just like that, the white jack, the, bro, the brother, no matter how many deaths that I own, no matter what's happened to me, but Lord, I'm not in my ought to be. I'm not in what I ought to be. But Lord, no matter what's happened, I'm going out. To share the word with the people. When he started doing that, then God take care of the rest. And Brother Bram said, I have a right for salvation. I have a right. I said, uh, he said, say, by his stripes, I was healed. That's confession. By his stripe, I have a right. By his wound, right now, I have a right for salvation. I have a right for the Holy Spirit. He promised to me, when you have a right, that means that this is rightfully belongs to you. If the, if the constitution give you a certain right, and nobody can over that constitution to take it with the rifle that belongs to you and take it away from you. If a constitution right can be that, what about a God-given right? It's God-given right for you to be healed. It's God giving you the right for your children to come home. It's God giving you a right that He prepared a heavenly home for you. That's a God-given right to you. It's a God-given right that your children is not in there not all to be condition. It's a God-given you the right that they're not they're supposed to be come back to the word of God, become passionate about the word. That's a God-given right. Brother Brahma said, I believe it. It's for any generation. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. He died that he might raise again. And be with his church all the way to the end of the world. To confirm the word, to confirm the word with signs that follows. God is not just uh, give us a promise. Then leave you, go to fight for it. He gave you the promise. And the Holy Ghost is that enforcer. He gave you the Holy Spirit. As an enforcer, when you have a right to claim anything that God's given it to you, as the right given it to you, then go Holy Spirit also as an enforcer to enforce it to happen. Amen. Like I said, it was a renewable resource that God gave it to us. When we become born again, there's a fountain that is floated inside of you. There's an unlimited resource that the Lord give it to you. Then it's the Holy Spirit that He is an endless resource that will provide all you need. That the Spirit of God will provide you the power, provide you the authority that to overcome sin, to overcome your sickness, to overcome anything that is in the Satan's kingdom. 
The reason is, the one that is in you is greater than the one that is in the world. And all you need to do, you believe it in your heart and you confess it with your mouth. And then the Bible in Hebrew 11, the 13, he talking in the faith chapter. He talked about Abraham and all of those uh, the faith heroes. And then the Bible says that this all died in faith. Not having received the promise. But having seen them are far off. And were persuaded of them. And embraced them. And confessed that they were stranger and pilgrim on the earth. Faith doesn't mean you have to see the results. When you have a faith, you confess what you believe. It's not necessarily that you can see the result the right away. Eventually, you will see the result. But a result doesn't come sometime and it's not even coming in our lifetime. But you still believe the word to be the truth. And those men of the heroes, they believe God. Bible said that they died in faith. And not having received the promises. Even they died, they haven't even seen the promise that happened to them. But that doesn't diminishing one bit of what their faith is. They're still claiming. They're still believing. And God will give them the reward. Even when they died, God has to answer their faith. But apparently even said for those mothers that, that they even died. God has to answer their undying faith. To give them and their children. No matter how wayward that they are. They have a faith. Though they not receive the promise. But having sent them afar off. So receive. In the Greek word. It means Take possession. That, that means they believe God. They have a faith in God. Though they believe, they haven't received the promise. It doesn't mean that they don't believe the promise. They believe the promise, but they haven't taken possession of it. But no matter they take possession of it, now or then, eventually, they will take possession of it. I remember when I... Uh, uh, Years and years ago, when I had my, my old house and I, uh, that uh, I'm right now I'm living at. And uh, maybe just let me uh, tell this, uh, this little experience here. I'll help you to understand this. Uh, you know, we used to live in a, in a townhouse. Maybe some of you have visited me in Merville over there. And uh, we, we had many people in our family. I got three children, me and my wife and uh, grandpa grandma live with us too. We got eight people. That living in that little townhouse, uh, only had a two bedroom, and we lived uh, in there for years. And then finally, they come to a time, and uh, uh, you know, we, we said, "Well, we needed a bigger place, which is the house that I, what I bought to the uh, years ago. That we needed a place for our children, that for uh, grandpa and grandma to live." And um, you know, for myself, I just, uh, I just said, "Well, the townhouse is good enough for me. Why have to uh, bother to uh, uh, to move?" But you know, for the wife's sake and, and for the children's sake, I was just thinking. When, I was thinking, well, I'm, I'm coming here just a, a sojourner. I, I'm going to the rapture. Why do I need a house to live? 
And all I'm thinking about, you know, go to the, do the mission works and then in China and to the train station and everything. But then, you know, as a husband, you have to think about your wife, your children as well, have to provide the, uh, the, their need. I'm not saying they're not spiritual, they're spiritual too, but uh, you just have to uh, have the more responsibility, have to take care of them. And so the one day that I was, um, uh, then uh, we're looking, uh, looking at a place, and one day that I was uh, still in China. And my wife uh, uh, called me, said, uh, he said, honey, he said, I, I saw a place that has a for sale si- a sign that on it. And uh, he said it was, uh, it was uh, pretty good. And said, maybe, uh, uh, you know, we, we wanted to have it. I said, well, just go ahead. Just, uh, uh, just sign a contract if you, uh, if you feel that's the place to go. And she said, well, I'll never do that. I have to wait until you come back. But that time, the house was setting just like a crazy, just, uh, almost like uh, what we have just uh, in the last about a two years. And then I said, well, maybe it was uh, when I come home, because uh, I've been in China usually about uh, two months or three months. I said, I want to come home. And so the whole thing, uh, the house is going to be gone. And so, uh, God bless my dear wife. She said, well, if the Lord uh, intending uh, for us to have it, he will keep that for us. And uh, that's exactly what happened. About a month or two, when I come home, that house is still there. Everybody else's house is all sold. Uh, all sold. Just that place that was still uh, has a sell sign on it. You know, when you put God at first... Uh, he will add everything that you needed. Is that something that we're praying for? We're dying, Lord, give me this. You do, you seek ye first the kingdom of God. He said, all the rest of the things, he said, I will add it. I will give it unto you. So when we come back in a, uh, you know, I, I don't know how I, I told my wife, I said, honey, how are we going to pay for, uh, for this? And we have to borrow money from the bank and all of that. And I, I don't know how to do that. Then I called the Brother Ed. I said, Brother Ed, I said, we, we, we saw a place uh, for sale. And uh, uh, can you come in over and maybe uh, give us some, some advice? Because uh, I, I, I don't know how to do this. Then Brother Ed and the Sister Ruth came in and over. And we're, they're walking us through the house and look at this. Oh, that's nice. That's good. And uh, it was, then Brother Ed looked at me and said, Murphy, he said, do you, do you really want this house? When he asked me that, I, I got scared. I almost said, no, I don't want it. <laughs> but somehow I, I was just slipping in my mouth. I said, yeah, I think so. He said, if you do want it, sign a contract right now. I was, I had almost fainted. I was thinking, I'm not thinking about a house. I'm thinking about how I'm going in the world. I'm going to, to pay for all of this. And, uh, but the pastor had said, I'm going to follow what the pastor had said. And sometimes, you know, we, our mind doesn't even click. Our mind doesn't even have the right reasoning, uh, effort out of it. But as long as I say, no, God has approved the record of the pastor. If he give me the advice like that, I know he doesn't give advice just like randomly giving that I'm going to do that accordingly. You don't never go ask uh, Brother Tom or Brother Ed a question when he has already decided you, what you want to do. And they will, they will, they will, they will ask you the first, what, what have you decided to do? If you decide, they say, oh, God bless you. Go, go ahead for it. <laughs> It's exactly would be like that. When you go ask them, neutral. And just say, Lord, whatever you said is through them, I believe it is from you. And I'll tell you, you better be prepared. You better be prepared for the worst, actually. Because sometimes, and many times, their advice they give it to you is totally different than what you think. But eventually, it will be a blessing for you. If you're going to hang on that long. 
And then I, I started to sign another contract. And then uh, right after I signed another contract, I have to think about all the different things and how we're going to do it. And uh, we have to pay for the, uh, the mortgage and everything. And I don't have to do a, a whole lot of a work that uh, I have to do. And then I have to pay the deposits and then sign the contract. And so, the, you know, after I signed the contract, and so the, the one day, uh, you know, uh, uh, to be, uh, that house belongs to us now. I haven't taken possession yet, but I signed the contract. That house belongs to me. And because I already paid the deposit. And then one day I was uh, driving with my wife, and we're just driving to the house over there. And all of a sudden, I was thinking, wow, this is my place. This is my future home. <laughs> and I look at that up to the, and while we're driving uh, to that house, we cannot go in there yet, but we're driving by there. I already paid a deposit. That house belongs to me. Though I haven't taken the possession, but that house is belongs to me. I'm just waiting for the, the time when I take the full possession of it. The money has already paid it. And while I was driving by there, we already start to dreaming. Abraham gonna live in this room. Charity gonna be in this room. Grandpa, Grandma gonna be in that room. We're gonna have a, a Grace gonna be in that room. And me and my wife, we're gonna have a big master bedroom. I haven't been living in there yet. I haven't put my furniture in there yet. I haven't put my foot stepping in there yet. I haven't taken possession. But one day, I'm going to live in it inside up there. Our future home, the Lord has a promise to to us. I haven't sent my foot around there, but He paid a deposit. He signed a contract. He already signed on a covenant. It's a one-sided covenant. No matter what you've done, I signed a covenant. The covenant is an unconditional covenant. Jesus said, I paid a full price. He said, I even give you the earnest. I give you the Holy Spirit that I will not lie. I will not fail you. You're going to take a full possession of it. You just pray for your family. You just pray for your healing. You just pray for your loved one. You haven't got a full possession yet. But God has a paid. He has a paid for your salvation. He paid for our children's salvation. He paid for your loved one's salvation. He made it a covenant with you. That's an unconditional covenant. You look at it to that blood. You look at it to the price that is already paid. It's not how holy you are. It's how holy He is. When a high priest, the once of the year, go into the holies of holy, he has to dress right. He has to have the pomegranate and the, uh, and the lapels on his uh, hem of the garment. And he has to the breastplate on the ephod, have to the birthstone of the twelve tribe of, uh, uh, of Israel. And he has to go in there with the blood that is in his hand. And when I go into the sanctuary, that is to walk right. He has to have the step. Just every step has to be holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. Holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. Who is that high priest? Jesus Christ is that high priest. It's not how holy that we can live, but how holy He is. 
Though I'm not a perfect, though I'm not a holy as I don't want to be, but He is the Holy One. He had to walk in there, said, Holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. Even Satan, the devil, cannot have no blame on him. When he came to him, and Jesus said, Satan has no claim on me. There's nothing in me that he can claim. Why? He sanctified himself. He lived on a holy life. Our high priest has wandered to behind the veil. Our high priest has gone to the holiest of holy. That's a holy, holy unto the Lord. When he walked into the holies of holy, when the veil was dropped, when he was a veil was broken, he was on the cross. He paid the full price that I don't have to pay. All I have to do is pointing to that bloody sacrifice that Jesus had made for us. Amen. Those died in faith, not having received the promise. They haven't taken possession yet. But having seen them far off. I was, a, I was a, driving by my old house over there. That time is a new house. But now it is an old house. It's years ago. I sinned from afar off. But I was persuaded. That house belongs to me now. And embraced them and confessed that it was stranger and pilgrim on earth. That's those are people that had died in faith. But all they do, they see from afar. They haven't a God to take possession of what they have believed. But they were persuaded and convinced inside of them that those promise is yea and an amen. Well, God has a promise and He will have to fulfill it. And then they embraced them. How can you embrace the things that you never even see? Their faith. Their faith embrace it. Their faith in their heart is that, I believe that. Well, God has a promise. That is exactly the truth. And confess that they were stranger and pilgrim on this earth. It's not only just a belief. They have to confess it. In their mouths, they have to say, that's exactly the truth. There's nothing but the truth. Whatever God has said, it's a yea and an amen. And for they that say such a thing, declare plainly that it seek a country. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Though you haven't seen for your faith has reached it out. Has embraced it. Just as if that's already happened. And then you confess with your mouth. Because in the Bible, Romans chapter 10 and 8. He said, but what says it? The word is nigh thee. Even in thy mouth. And in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's the principle. It's the pattern of a God doing things. You confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart 
that God has erased him from the dead. Thou shall be saved. You believe him that he's erased from dead. He's not a historical God, but he's a God living in here and inside of you. And by believing that and to confess that, and you shall be saved. Saved from what? You shall be saved from your sin. You shall be saved from the lake of fire. You shall be saved from the tribulation. You shall be saved from the devil's lie. You shall be saved from all of those things by confessing in your mouth and believe in your heart. And when you do that, not only to save for your soul, but it was save for your body. It was save for, then for your loved ones. Everything it has to to according to that principle. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So there is a power living in there. There is a power by believing you will be considered righteous. But with mouth confession is made unto salvation. In another word, that is the work. That is the process. Is it made unto salvation. So when you confess with your mouth, you constantly, continually confess, that's word of God is the truth. And the symptom is a lying vanity. And I believe that the word of God would eventually bring things come to pass. It's a mouth confession made unto salvation. It's a process of it. When you believe in your heart, in God's, that is already, He considers you as a righteous. But in your mouth, when you're confident of confessing it, that God's word to be the truth, that will bring what God's word come to pass. But you must confess it. Confess, it doesn't mean so that you see it, you confess it. Confession is also, it's like a prophesy. Because when you confess, you didn't see it. If you see it, you don't need to confess. It was something that is in the future. It's something that hasn't happened yet. But confession, you believe it will come to pass. Remember says that in the seed shall, thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemy. He said, move sweet spirit of God, call from death unto life, speak to the seed of Abraham. Give them faith. Let them know that they can possess the gate of every enemy. If that's every enemy, that means no matter what devil has to throw before you, you can possess the gate of the enemy. No matter is it an insecurity, or is it uncertainty, or is it a fear of sickness, a fear of a cancer, or loosing of your children, or is it a fear of a death, or you feel, I'm not worthy. No matter what's the enemy. And you said, I'm not, I couldn't make it into the rapture. That's all your enemy. But, when you confess, when you believe in your heart, and confess in your mouth, that God said that you can possess the gate of every enemy. But the Bible said it because every enemy has been put under the feet of of Jesus Christ. Even death. 
If destiny is the greatest of the enemy, the greatest enemy has been put under the feet of Jesus Christ. How much more than all the rest of the smaller enemy he has to put in his under his feet? And he said, and we stand in him a conqueror. Every enemy is under your feet as long as you are in Christ. Because everything is under his feet. How do we get into him? By one spirit, we're all baptized into one body. Be made partaker, partakers of the same blessing, the same power, the same faith dwells within our heart, that dwells in Abraham, that same faith that was in Abraham, holding a promise of a God, just before the destruction of the world, Sodom world in lost day, that same faith can draw that same angel to this same building and do the same thing that he did then. Oh, when I'm thinking about that, it's the same faith. That Abraham had. And God said you possess that same faith. And sometimes we're thinking. How in the world do I have that faith? That a man that is for almost a hundred years old. And still believing. And still confessing. Taking away all the ministry. The vision and everything. He's the same man just like you and me. And he's the same faith. He's believing the word. He's the same mouth. He was confessing the word. When they do that, God, when we do that, God said, you have the same faith just like Abraham had. If that same faith can draw that angel to the same building, I believe God has given us, if we have that same faith, which we do possess, that you can draw that angel to the building. It's not just a believing the angel for the future, but he's right here. It's right here can meet your need. It doesn't matter what situation that you are in. It doesn't matter what difficulty they're going through. It doesn't look like how the situation seems impossible. But that same faith that Abraham has, God said you possess that same faith. And that same faith that he had, when you have that, it will draw that angel to the same building and do the same thing that he did then. And in the perseverance. But the Bible says that the evidence of the resurrection in them. That's the reason they love not their lives unto death. Because they could be perseverant. They had the evidence. He said, does he mean that you, uh, does, does he mean that to you this afternoon? Can you be perseverant in saying, I believe it. No matter what happens, it's still mine. Because I'm risen with him already in resurrection. As I said, it's not how holy you are, but how holy he is. I look back and see the life that I once lived. I don't live it no more. What's the matter? That shows you died with him and you are risen with him. And you have the earnest, the first payment on your eternal Resurrection. How to show that you had a resurrected? 
He said, yeah, I look back and I see the life that I once lived. I don't live it no more. How do you know that you have a resurrected with Him? You're not what you ought to be. You're not what you should be. But you're not what you used to be. When you look back, when you see your life has changed, then you know you're not an old man any longer. That shows you there is a resurrected life living inside of you. He changed you. It's not you changed yourself, but He changed your life. It's not that education program changed you, but there is a force, there is a life that has to change to you. If He has to change to you, how much more He will let you to go to the place that He prepared for you. No matter what happened, what situation that you were in, by living inside of you to show to you that He will take you to where He has prepared for you. What God did, Jesus Christ, He prepared the future home. Oh, I think I'm pretty talking about the preaching of the several service. That future home is for the heavenly bridegroom and it's for the earthly bride. But don't let us forget, God prepared the, Jesus Christ said, I go to prepare the place for you. If I go to prepare the place for you, I'll come back to take you with me to live there forevermore. And then the Bible says in the book of Revelation, it said, I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Don't forget the tabernacle, the city, Jerusalem in heaven is a pattern after you. The future home of the heavenly bridegroom and the earthly bride, God, Jesus Christ, I prepare the future home for you. But that future home is a pattern after you. He said that it was a, it was a, like the bride has adorned, has prepared, has to get ready. God made the future home exactly according your pattern. When He makes the wall, He's thinking about you. He wanted him making the 12 stone, precious stone of foundation. He's thinking about you. Because of the heavenly home was a pattern after you. When those precious stones, our faith is built on the 12 apostles and the prophets. And he erected it on the wall. The wall, what does that mean? That means the protection. He, packed, he makes that a future home according what he is going to make the inside of you. That's another pattern that he has made. He's your protection. He's our walls. So when he made it the future home, and when he's finished that, he come down in this age. And he come down in this age, he will do it exactly what he made in the future home. He's going to make it in you. Because he makes the future home according you as a pattern. Future home is not just something new. You are the blueprint. 
blueprint. You are the one that he was always thinking about. When he making of the poor gate, he's thinking about you. When he making a foundation, he's thinking about you. I'm going to build my bride. I'm going to give him a firm foundation. I'm not going to use the foundation as a denomination as a foundation. I'm not going to use the Baptist as a foundation. I'm going to build my bride on the firm precious stone foundation. I'm going to build my bride on the foundation of the apostle and the prophet. I'm going to make the golden street. The paved paved with gold. What does the gold mean? Deity. He was talking about you. Because the God himself is going to walk with you all your life. And your life is made from gold. Made from a deity. It's for God himself to walk in it in your life. Because that's the future home of a heavenly bridegroom and an earthly bride. When he made that a future home, he was thinking about you. But when he made that home, when he come down, he come down in this age, open the seals. He come down in this age, give us the perfect word. He come down in this age, it is the fullness manifest. That shows what? That shows that the person of Jesus Christ, the personage of God has come down in this age. He revealed himself. His coming is already in process. It's not as in a physical body, but it's a spiritual way. Jesus Christ has a coming down. When he coming down, what does that mean? That means that the heavenly home has finished. If the heavenly home is finished, he coming down to finish his bride. So that one day, he gonna bring his bride to that finished heavenly home. When we saw the person of Jesus Christ, when we saw the cloud came, when we saw the pillar of fire came, it only shows the one thing, the project is finished. It's coming down for it, it's a bride. What he has made it finished to the primary project, he's coming down, he said, I'm gonna make perfect of my bride. So that a perfect bride will match within a perfect place. Let me just try to wrap it up here. And this is the sign of the answer. And time, sir. Brother Bram saw there was one dream there. And there was one sister who dreamed the dream and then shared it with the Brother Bram. And Brother Bram said, and notice immediately after that, Sister Collins, he said, are you here? Sister Collins dreamed the dream of the being here at the church and there was a wedding fixed to take place. And when she did, she saw the bridegroom coming in. Perfect. This is in the dream. But a bride wasn't very perfect. Yet, it was a bride. Remember, the bride, though is a bride, but it's not a perfect. It's not a very perfect. And he said, and now, he said, that's the church. And then there was a, like a communion, a service going on here, like a dinner being set. And he kind of a, and he's a, he kind of a, got next to her, 
because that her brother Neville was serving a dinner in the church. But she said he was at the best of food that she had ever seen. And she was so hungry. But she thought maybe that in the dream that he shouldn't serve it. And she and the brother Willard was going to go up to the ranch house and eat. And when they did, the light on the right hand side went out. He said, now you know what that is. Now the food, the bride isn't perfect. But the bridegroom is perfect. The bride is not a perfect yet. But the food that was being given was not a literal food. It's the spiritual food that you have been having all along. He said that the bride, though it's a bride, but it's not, it was, wasn't very perfect. And you're thinking about it in the age after the age. In the loser time, in the westerly time, they're all part of the bride. But a bride was not a very perfect yet. The loser has this as a doctrine. The Wesley has this as a doctrine. That the Pentecost and all of them. But that the bride is not a fully perfected yet. But he has to take the food that in this hour to make the bride become a perfect. And God has to make us, he has to make sure to have the perfect word in this hour to let the bride become a perfect. And no matter how Martin Luther, all this in the old time, that are in those uh, old saints, how brave they are. They're the hero of the faith. How Wesley preached the gospel, living a sanctified life, that the second stage of the Holy Spirit. And the, but the bride is not a perfect. The last piece of the, the bride must come in. Without us, that cannot be perfect. Without us, the bride cannot be perfect. That's why in this last age, God has said, He said that the bridegroom is a perfect. The bride is not a perfect. That's why in this last age, God has to let a bridegroom to coming down. The fullness of the word has to come. The perfect bridegroom that has to coming down in this last hour to bring the perfect word to us. He said that the bride isn't perfect, but the bridegroom is a perfect. What is that food that makes it perfect? It's the message of this hour. That message will make the bride become a perfect. But the Bible said the things that are to be, he's going to prepare a place, a perfect place where no evil exists. Remember that place by a patent after you. There's no evil existing in that place. Then when he's coming down, he has to make no evil that in this future home. But right now, you are his place. That that a future heavenly bridegroom has come to living inside of you. You are the house. You are the earthly bride. You are the pattern of that future home. But right now, on earth, God is doing a renovation in you. God doing a perfecting job in you. When you renovating your house, you got a 6,000 square feet of a mansion. 
When you make a renovation, you tear down all the drywall. You tear it all the floor out. You take every little junk out. And it just make that house to tear to the bare stuff. And then you start to put a new drywall in. You put an expensive carpet in. You put a hardwood floor in. And you put on a beautiful light fixture. And you put on a double glaze the windows in. And all the, uh, the curtains. And you put on a stainless steel appliance. And a new kitchen, new cabinet. And you put everything new. And make it a million dollars of renovation that in that place. Are you going to invite a prostitute on the street to living there? Are you going to go to the Hastings Street to get a druggie and living in there? No! You made that for you and your wife to living inside of there. Oh, sent. When God do the renovation in you, when they put the Holy Ghost in you, when they put a faith in you, when they put a perfect faith in you, when they put it as a word in you, when they put a joy in you, when they put a faith, when they put a peace, when they put a healing, when they put everything in you, he doesn't expect to get a doggy. He expects that this is my place. This is where I go to live. I'm going to stay in this house. Brother, by the renovation of your life, that shows the perfect bridegroom has come into your life. You become the future home for him, but present home for him now. You are that future home right now, living on this earth. Whoa, he's renovating you. Whoa, it is to do the great work in you. That shows that the perfect bridegroom has to come inside of you. To do that work that no man can do. Martin Luther cannot do that. Wesley cannot do that. The bride is not a very perfect. But this time, the perfect bridegroom has came. He give you that perfect word. So that you can match up. With that perfect place. He's going to prepare a place. A perfect place. Where no evil exists. That place is patterned after you. No sickness exists. That place patterned after you. Patterned after you, brother EBA. No blindness is in there. That's why he must do that work. No sickness in there. He must do that work. And Sister Rena, you just believe it. Because the serpent is coming. He said that the broken limb, the missing limb is going to be restored. What is it doing? He makes it in a heavenly place, patching after you. And Allah, you just reach up your hand and believe it. That Sir Paul is coming right now. And in the word, the perfect word has to come in. Him. Are you thinking about it in those times, in Brother Branham's time, when the first bowl come, when the second bowl come? And he said that he was like a debate. He was doing the fishing. And all those people, all those little fish, it was just a nibble and nibble and nibbling. And then it pulled, he said that, that little fish is just a little bit of, a little bit of bigger, almost to wrap it up in a lure. It was just a small fish. But he had to disturb pole coming. And that third pole is going to pull the big fish. And because we're not just a nibbler, 
We're not just a nibbling at the first book. Give me some healing. Give me some this. God, give me a future home. That's what I'm going to do. The first bowl, they're enabling. The second bowl, they're enabling. But when the third, he said, you set that a hook. Why? Because of the bride of Jesus Christ. They were attracted by that word. No sickness exists. No old age exists. No death exists. It's a perfect place calling you to that perfection. And you have to be perfect to get there. That's why he's doing his perfecting job. He's a good renovator. He doesn't leave no work undone. He doesn't do halfway job. He doesn't leave a gap in the baseboard. He doesn't leave the door, door knob, just sort of randomly. He just does it on the floor, just had a gap in there. He do a perfect job. That's why he's perfecting on you. That's why the little sin that's coming in, he said, no, no, no. This is not in my heavenly home. This is not going to me in my earthly home. How can you do it through anything else but the perfect word of God? He must give you the perfect word. When he in the seventh seal, there's a question and answer. When he just bypassed one of the question, And then God has to go into the congregation. Said, Brother Branham, can you read that question again? What is it? People that try to, oh, the prophet have this problem, the prophet have that mistake. God is making his word perfect. He's a good renovator. He doesn't allow any gap in there. He doesn't allow any mistakes in there. He even has to let the prophet go back to that question again to reread it and answer it right. And in another message, he said, he said, he's talking mystical, mystical. He said, did I say mystical or, or mystical? And then he answered her correctly. He said, did you see that? The Holy Spirit is here. What is the God is doing? He has to make his word perfect. Because if he make his word perfect, that means that that perfect word can make it that the bride is not very perfect, but made her perfect. That's why in every prayer line, that he has to make that perfect. In every prayer line, he has to let the people coming up, it's that he's actually the truth. Not even one time is wrong. What God is doing, He give you the perfect word. It's that perfect word to make the bride become a perfect. Let me finish over here. And look away to Jesus. But apparently said that the thing that was have a look forward to for so long, for the last many years, four or five years, or maybe longer, the third pole has now been vindicated. That's in 1963. In that time, the third pole already vindicated. It's not for us to create a squirrel. It's not for us to do all the things that the prophet do. God is vindicating. I'm giving you the perfect word. The denomination cannot give it to you. There's no vindication in there. 
The education program cannot give it to you because there's no vindication there. But there's a vindication in this one. Because there must be a perfect bride for the perfect place. He has to take the perfect word, drop from heaven, going to the prophet and ministry to give the not very perfect bride to make her perfect. It said a third Paul has now been vindicated. Remember, there will never be an impersonation of that. There's impersonation of a healing. There's impersonation of a miracle. There's impersonation of everything else. But it cannot impersonating the word. Because the devil cannot believe the word and confess the word and live the word. There's a known impersonation of it. God has vindicated the word. He doesn't need to vindicate it anymore. Now, now you can believe and confess that so this is the perfect word and to make him the perfect bride for that perfect place. But Brother Abraham said it, but it will not be used in a great way until the council began to tighten up. Don't look for the future. It's already happening in many years. This is not something in the future. This is already happening. But in the future, you will just get worse and worse and worse. But he said that when he does, when that does, that the Pentecostals and so forth can almost impersonate anything can be done. But when that time comes, when a squeeze comes down, there you will see what you have seen temporarily be manifested in the fullness of its power. He said that the Pentecost can impersonate everything in that time. But now, there's no impersonation. Now the Pentecost, where, where is the Pentecost? They're as worldly as they can be. Where is the miracle? There's, you don't see that. There's no impersonation after all this year. They're gone. They're gone so far. Not even in the picture. In those days, those people, they can receive the first pole. They can receive the second pole. They can receive the healing and the miracle. When Jesus, just like Jesus, when he preached the word, that when he was doing all the miracles and signs and the healing, they received him. But when he preached the word, when he said, me and my father, we're one. When you started saying, me and the word, we are one. Then the storms start to come. But after the word and the bride become one. The word cannot receive. They cannot receive it. They, they can receive the healing. But they cannot receive the word in that hour. Because they cannot receive it. So the word cannot change them. The word, though they can impersonate it in the beginning. But the word they cannot receive. When they can't receive the word, and they're just going down and down and down. But to them that receive the word, they become a up and up and up. What's happened? When they're going down and down and down, there's no moral in there. There's no miracles in there. There's no move, supernatural move of a God in there. Because they reject the word. But to them that receive the word, they start going up and up and up. The life can be transformed. 
The healings is in them. The supernatural God is moving in them. The joy is in them. The real peace is in them. The confidence of the faith to the word is living in them. They're going up and up and up. When they start to go up and they start to go down, what makes the difference? The word makes the difference. When the word is starting to making the difference, the gap between the impersonator and the real believer become a wider and wider and wider. That shows to us the third pole, the word of God has a coming in this fullness in this hour. It's not something just in the future. But it's in the process of it. We are living right in that. The bride will be higher and higher and higher because of the third pole, because of the word, because of the perfect word. And then they will go in one more step. They will go into the body tent. But impersonator, they become a lower and lower and lower. There's even no impersonation in there. There's even no deceiving in there. How can you be deceiving about a Pentecostal in this hour? When you look at the life that they're living, there's no impersonation. They can't impersonate nothing. They're just as anybody else. But when the word comes, the word makes the bride become a perfect. What does the word mean? That's the spoken word. The third pole now is the taking effect on the bride of Jesus Christ. The reason is they can't take the word. When they cannot take to the word, and you will find out that even in the message room, they can't impersonate it for a while. But when a word starts to get higher, when a word starts to require live the life, when a word starts to perfecting the bride, you'll find out that impersonation starts to going more and more be exposed. And then the gap between the impersonator, even in the message, become a wider and wider and wider. But how thankful we are to the Lord. That only shows one thing. When you saw that squeeze start to coming. The pressure and everything. And then what you seem temporarily be manifest in the fullness of His power. I'll say that word has already started to manifest in this fullness and in this power. And we're going to see more of that. It's not a lesser of it. Brother Bram said that the blood of Jesus Christ, think of it. Let a musician come. The dripping bloody word. The blood, the word of a God. Bleeding blood to wash the bride in. And said she stands a perfect virgin. He said we do have it today. By God's help. The perfect interpretation of the word. Which is a divine vindication. God has gave us the perfect word. That perfect word has already been vindicated. The first pole. The second pole. The third pole. And now the word of a God is coming in its fullness because the bridegroom is a perfect. He is the one that is in this fullness. Give us the fullness of the word. What is the third pole coming here for? 
the perfect word. That's the renewable resource that we are tapping it into. And it was constantly renewing, constantly providing us the power and the strength. The third pole was vindicated in the prophet's message in the ministry. As I said, it's not for us to create a squirrel. It's vindicated that the, the word is perfect. But it will do the same thing to us. It doesn't have to create a squirrel. But one earth sings the same that is impossible. And he can say all things are possible. Amen. And it doesn't have to be exactly like a sister Meaty got a tumor. But if you have the tumor, the third pole, the perfect word, can also dissolve that tumor. You don't have to fear it about a cancer. That word is still the same. It can give the fish life. It can give your children life. He can make it a head and right. That one of the words started preaching. And the head and right said that this is nothing but a truth. But he confessing the word is the truth. She got his children. If she got her children. One night the third pole is just manifested in this initial time. It is the beginning of the time. What about now? That same word still working today. And it's a fullness. What you saw that are temporarily, right now, is manifested in this fullness among us. And that same word can do to head and rights of children, that same word can do to your children. That colored woman, that antigen mama, that pray for her son, that a god of a social disease. But that woman, with that face that she had, and the sand of the storm, Send in a storm to force down the airplane. Carry the prophets in there. That face, the little woman, the colored woman that had, that it must have let the prophet come to go there to heal her son. What is happening? She said, Lord, I am not a son of my woman. But where's Elijah? She recognized she was that woman. Do you recognize that you are the bride? That what the Lord has said in the Bible, said in the scripture, said in the message, that heavenly home even patterned after you. Everything he said is about you. She, by recognizing her position, before the third pole, said, I am the Shunammite woman. There must be a Elijah somewhere. And we should buy to recognize we are the bride that was talking about in the Bible. Not where is Elijah. Elijah is here. It's not only just Elijah, but Elijah's God is right here. And by her confession, recognize her position. Said, I'm not a Shunammite woman. That pulls out Elijah to her aid and helps her to pray for her child and then her child to be healed. What about the right of Jesus Christ? That is the bar head. Do you have a need? 
Do you know what the Lord has done to you? What about your children? What about your loved ones? Don't think I'm talking about the children. I'm talking about a backslider. I'm even talking about the children right here that are in the congregation. They might be sitting here, but they're not in there at all to be. You mom, you have a prayed. You daddy, you have a prayed. Did you recognize that at the position that you are that in the word of a God? Do you know that what is the word has said? Is that mean just for us to think about it? Just a little word that we heard it and leave it and going on home? No. The word need to take an effect that in our life. If God has assigned us to the perfect word, and it behooved to us that we believe in every word he has said. And confess means to see, to say the same thing. Not to say what I fail. Not to see to say what I feel, what my emotion tell me, what my mind tell me, what my mental power tell me. But what is the word of God has said? As we bow our head. If you have a need. Why don't you just erase it up your hand, not to man, but to God, with every head bowed. If you have your children, if you have a loved ones that you're asking for, if you have a, that a besetting sin that is in you, but don't forget the greater renovator, and he's here to do the renovation, to do the perfecting his bride. And He has uh, given us that it's a perfect word. Has been proved through and through. And it's not failed at the one time. And He is here. And to the perfect, He's a bride. And He is here to answer every cry and every plead. No matter who you are. Whatever need that is in your heart. Why don't you just open up your heart to Him. Why don't you just uh, stand and uh, lift up your hand or whatever and then just go to him and say, Lord, I have a need. I was thinking about uh, the desperate need that amongst this body. Some their baby need a healing, desperately the healing. And some that are in the, the, in the bed was a paralyzed. Some, our sister has to, to have to do the dialysis and the different things. And that's the physical body realm. And I'm thinking about it, maybe in a mental realm. And the people have to live in the darkness for so long. They probably even get used to the darkness. And some people are probably living in the, the anxiety or the pressure and the depression or whatever that a medical, the terminology gave it to them. But why don't we just give it one term and that's the devil. But we have the perfect word, which is a renewable resource that we tap it into, that constantly provides it the need, constantly that it gives us the power and the authority that it can overcome every demon, that can trap him down, no matter how weak that we're part of the body, but we are part of the body. Lord, I pray you, Lord, to help each person. No matter who they are and what situation they're in. 
Lord, you know the burden in my heart, Lord. Lord, I want to see the word taking effect. Lord, I want to see the word, not just the preaching of the word, and not just with rejoice about the word, but Lord, I want to see the word working, Lord. I want to see the word transform. I want to see the word that stabilize. I want to see the word that change the nature, change the desire. I want to see the word that put a passion. That in our loved ones, that in our children, Lord, I want to see the word change the situation. Oh God, we've been praying, we've been preaching. Or sometimes I even feel, I don't even know what to preach, what to say. Oh Lord. Lord, it's not because of sinful. It's not because that we're, we're a lack of a resource. But Lord, it just we feel that we're so close. Lord, it seems like if just get one more breath that we can give you, that we can go into the place that you have prepared and afforded us. Lord, I've been hearing the preaching that we're bumping into the angel. We're hearing the preaching God who prepared a future home for us. Oh Lord, now you're dwelling in the earthly home. You have to do the renovation to do the perfecting job before that we can all go to that perfect place. I pray you, Lord, to help each one of us, Lord. Lord, I want to think about the pressure. I was thinking about the people who live on this earth. I was thinking about our brothers in China that are facing the difficulty getting greater and greater. Lord, I want to think about them that the police are coming to one to another and confiscating the things that they're, they're the properties. And that the police are coming from the come and going to the church to try to shut them down. Let them have to report to the police that the different things that have happened. Lord, no wonder we said we're closing to the end. But Lord, when the pressure, when the squeeze started coming in, Lord, it just at the time. Lord, that that third pole, that that a spoken word, that has been fully vindicated. That was not just a temporarily taking effect. But Lord, it will become an effect, a taking effect in its fullness. Lord, and that's what I pray for all my brothers, all my sisters, for my own self. Lord, I want that a third pole, Lord. I want that a spoken word just manifested inside of me. Not just to preach the word, not just to believe in the Lord, but to confess another word to take in control of my life, to bring me higher, Lord. Lord, to bring us to the heavenly realm, to bring us to the state, so that we can see that all things are possible. We give you thanks, Lord. Lord, this is the time for us to be more sincere than ever. Lord, I pray you, Lord, to let me be more sincere. Let me be more sincere than ever to your word, to your dealing. Oh, God, we're one body. Lord, let the love of God, Lord, move in this body of Jesus Christ. Let the presence of the Lord, let the Holy Spirit just moving through this whole congregation. Lord, let us love to the word of God. Just going to the higher level. 
And so that the love of God will permeate in each one. That it will be united and not around man. Not among each other, but we're united with the word. Then that the word of God will united as a bride together. We thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us all stand. Shall we sing a song? Let a worshiper arise. Arise. I see the dawning. surrender the heart if we ever if there's a man that can surrender himself God doesn't need that whole group he doesn't need a whole lot of the people he just needed one man that surrendered himself and give himself in the hand of a God a God can use him to turn the whole world upside down can I share a little testimony just before you go remember last time I shared it with you that a brother was visited by the police that uh, and in China there, and then they ask. I said, uh, you know, they want to confiscate it as a property and everything. And then the Lord just intervened, and then uh, they're not going to confiscate it, his property. 
And uh, so the brothers stop them to uh, uh, to go to worship. And they don't have the privilege that, well, we have it over here. That you can sitting here, reaching up your hand. And they have to get to the round table in a restaurant. Now they have to be quiet. They cannot sing. They have to sing whispered almost like. And they're close to the door. There's somebody watching it. And so they can raise up their hand and worship the Lord. But still tears running down their eyes. They're still praising God. The brother's still preaching there. And then one day that brother, and later on he shared this with me. He said, you know what? He said that the official said, you need to go back to the street self to uh, uh, just go there to worship. And he said, I want to go home. He said, I thought about that. He said, you know, Brother Murphy, I take devil's word. I take it as a word. I take advantage of his word. He said, through the official said, I need to go back to the three self church. He said, you know what? I go back. He said, I'm going to go back to the church. I'm going to go back till they got so fed up with me. And until they kick me out. But before they kick me out, I'm going to grab somebody from there to come to my church and worship together with me. You know, he said, I take advantage of God, of, of Satan's word. And that's not something abnormal. That's normal. That's what Brother Branham did. Brother Branham said, he said that the devil said when he was a kid, first came to the world, the devil said, you're rotten, you're nobody, and you're, you're nothing. And then he said, I take it what he said, yes, Lord, I'm nobody, I'm rotten. I cannot do it, but Lord, you can do everything. And that's exactly what he did. And then the second Sunday, he and the, Again, or to some of his other believers and his family, he showed up in his free self church. When he saw them, they almost saw, almost feel like they're a wild animal coming into their church. Everybody was so shocked. A hundred of people watching them, he going to one, going into the, uh, sit down at the pew and he started worshiping the Lord and he started praising the God. He started over there and after the service, there's a one man coming over to him. He said a brother, I can't call the name of the brother. He said a brother, he said, you remember that years ago, he said, you're the one that had prayed for my son. And he got a high fever. That time he was still in his free self. He said, you got a high fever. And after you prayed, he said, my son's so the high fever went down. He said, I will never forget that. And this other brother been able to share that message with that other person. And we don't know what God is going to do. But we know one thing. If God has one man that put in his hand, surrendered to God, have a heart for the Lord, and he can use that man to do the great damage for the kingdom of Satan. You know, you gotta give you the potential, give you the, the perfect word, give you the, the, the word that, that no no other age that will ever have the words that we have. You got a job to do. You got a mission field that you need to go. Not to the Africa, not to the Asia. Doesn't have to be in the South America. You have it in your backyard. What about in your own family? What about in your loved ones? Let us get to the passionate about what we believe. 
Let's get in a passion and a, about the word of God. Not only just the word that it puts on the shelf, but we're listening to it, we're reading to it. Put the word of God to work. God give you that other potential. God called us this Cloverdale Bible way to do the greater work. I believe we're not just to settle down. Lord, we can pray to Him. Lord, use me. Whatever that one of you want to use me, I'm here. I'm available, Lord. All you need to do is just make yourself available. And God will use you to bring us as a word to whatever situation, whatever corner that you are in. I pray the Lord just anointing our brothers, anointing every one of you, and to go to your home and to pray in a prayer meeting. Or if you can to pray, if you want to share it with the people, share the word with the people. Whatever you can do, we only had about a little time. This is not a time to set back. This is not a time to become a lukewarm. This is a time to become a passionate about our God, about what we believe and going forward. I want to pray to Richard, can you just come to pray and dismiss uh, the congregation, if you will. Thank you. Father, we're thankful, very thankful, Lord, that, Father, the Word of God just continues to show us exactly who we are and the challenge that we have, Father, to to look, Father, for that last seed, Father, your leadership, your guidance. I pray, Father, as we go out from the building here, the gathering here tonight, Lord, would you, Lord Jesus, have us to be just that much more sensitive to what you would have us to do. And Lord, give us the courage, Father, to be able to to actually act on what you want us to do. And we pray, Father, that you would bless each one as we go. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the word, Lord, and I pray that you would have us to ponder on it, Lord. Lord, to just see where we where we fit into this great plan. Because, Father, we've heard tonight, Lord, that, I mean, we're all the same, except... Each one of us, Father, has a position in the bride of Christ. Each one of us has a gift that you have given us, Father, and we need to be able to identify that and act on it. And, Father, according to your word and according to your leadership, and we pray you would help us, Father, to yield. We thank you for all these things. Be with us, Lord, as we dismiss, and we thank you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Dear Brother Richard, I wonder if we can just sing a last song before we go. Our God is tremendous. Can we just sing that uh, before we shake hands and to the leave? Our God is a tremendous. This is not only a song. This is a reality. This is what we have experienced. Let's sing it all together. Brother Ryan, if you can.
and shake hands with each other. Say the best thing you can say. And remember, our God is a tremendous. He's not just tremendous to anybody else. He's tremendous to you. Every individual. The Lord bless you. Until we see it again on Sunday. Lord willing. Thank you.